Hello, everyone, and welcome back to your favorite cognitive behavioral inquiry podcast, the Harmful Habits Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Amin, and today we're joined by two new guests. We have Kevin, who works with us at Three Trees, and my wonderful fiance, Chrissy, here to talk about stages of a relationship. Join us for this conversation and feel free to share your own experiences with us on our socials at Three Trees Change or on our website, ThreeTreesCenterForChange.com. Now, without further ado, our friend Elevation Beats. Welcome to another episode of the Harmful Habits Podcast. I am Jamisa, and uh, we have some special guests here today for our um, episode on relationships. So, uh, Ben, how are you doing this week? I am good. Thank you for asking. I mean, I'm doing very well. Sleepy. And our guest uh, today is Kevin. Kevin, how are you? I'm great. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, I mean, where are we this week? Should I do my uh, should we jingle? ask? Yep. Uh, let's hear your poor facts jingle. <laughs> I mean, poor facts. Well, they don't like my facts, by the way. Just in case uh, the viewers don't know, uh, even though I do feel like they're quite quality. But anyways, we're going to the faraway land of Baltimore, Maryland today. And so it actually has a lot of very interesting history. Oh, God. Yeah. It's the birthplace of the American national anthem. Before you say it's the home of the Colorado Rockies, it's not. <laughs> you see this? I do. So now Kevin gets to bear witness to oh, my sorry. unfair treatment. <laughs> He's like, the Golden Gate Bridge was built in, <laughs> in Baltimore. Baltimore back in. <laughs> they assembled it and moved it. See, but that would be a fun fact. It doesn't have to be a true fact. <laughs> All right. And then so it's also home to the USS Constellation, which is the last Civil War vessel that's still afloat. Also very interesting. And it was part of the North, just in case uh, we need a clarification there <laughs> to know which side they were on. Uh, and they also are home to the first cathedral in the United States. So Baltimore's Basilica of the National Shrine of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Kind of a, a mouthful. <laughs> so, I mean, there is uh, nothing else about Baltimore Mountain. I mean, I had more, but those are kind of the main. Hey, didn't they uh, film uh, the show The Wire in Baltimore? Remember that show, The Wire? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I think on the plus side. Did you ever watch The Wire? I did not. What? I hear that I've missed out greatly, and it's on the top five list of everyone's like best shows ever. Yeah. Okay. You have to, That's your homework. I haven't watched Breaking Bad either. I haven't either, but yeah. It's a good show. I think on the plus side, Amin's facts weren't offensive this time. True. When were they true. offensive? Mm, borderline offensive a couple of times. Just <laughs> offensively non-researched. <laughs> offensively bad. So thank you to our uh, listener, our listeners in Baltimore. I think we get a lot of respect from Baltimore, right? Yeah, yeah. And thank you to Amin for spotlighting that respect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, giving himself kudos today. Hey, are we going to talk about our first hate mail we've been receiving yeah we should we got a hater alert 
hater alert on social media. But I haven't looked at it, but yeah, that's what I hear. I think hate's a strong word. <clears throat> a challenge versus mm-hmm. challenges. But anyway, um, check out the reels. You can learn a few effective ways to respond to um, people challenging the conversations you have about race. I think it's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're multinational like us. There you go. When Pitbull's wondering how he can become a little more worldwide like us. <laughs> it's going to happen. All right. So on this episode, we have um, at the table with Amin, Kevin, myself, and Ben, um, people in various stages. You know, we talk a little bit about who Kevin is? Relationships. Well, Kevin. is cool. Kevin also uh, works with us at Three Trees, so he facilitates a lot of our classes. He is a uh, good friend to myself and Ben. So, uh, Ben and Kevin, you all have known each other for as long as you've been living here, right, Ben, in South Carolina? We actually met each other at the Last Supper. Yes. And have been fairly been close ever since. 40 years. In Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah, in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right where the Golden Bridge is. Yeah. <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe was there. Oh, mm-hmm. God. All right, so and I think it's been about what the Dublin six? mountains can also be seen from Baltimore. So it's been about sixteen years that y'all have been about, friends. About, about sixteen years, okay. And I, Kevin, you and I have known each other for about ten. I'll, it's been a good ten years. Yeah, the best ten years of my relationship with Ben. There you go, is knowing you. So it has been. That sounds a little creepy. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> I'll let you decipher that. <laughs> so in the that time, we all have gone through different stages of relationship yes. where Ben and I have been dating and engaged and married and you've gone through your own stages I have, of relationships. I have been married, divorced, well, married, separated, divorced, and dating. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, you are engaged. Yes. And your wonderful fiance is here. She's not on mic. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not yet, but. Yeah, she's cheering me on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has to balance the, the amount of haters I have in this room. <laughs> It does. Hey, first of all, you don't know what Chrissy may say if she gets on the mic. So, or what she's thinking right now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, now I feel very sad. <laughs> so we can almost use this episode to assess if Mean is ready to move to the next stage. Yeah. Like, dun, dun, dun. So what I want to also talk about, like, is um, have you ever done online dating? I mean, Mm-mm. Christy, have you done online dating before? No? So Kevin has... Oh, so it's just me. It's just you, yeah. I thought Chrissy had an online dating profile we saw recently. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Missed that, that. Is that not accurate? Hmm. Okay. Sorry, me. You shouldn't have said that. This, this is a lot. This is a lot. <laughs> Hence, the box of Kleenex on the table today. Yeah, it's for mm. you, actually. Uh, it, it explains no the main objects. tag on it, saying, mm-hmm. I mean, this is for you. So all of us around the table are familiar with stages of relationship, right? I guess. Yeah. All right, Jimmy, so you want to break them down? No, I was going to say no. I'm not. I have the first three. Yep. After that, I'm, I'm at a loss. There really are only three. Oh, no, so you have the honeymoon phase. Correct. Power and struggle stage. Power struggle, yeah, or problem solving. Problem solving. Mm-hmm. And what's the third one? She's not there yet. I'm not, I'm not getting there yet. You got stuck in problem solving and power yes. struggle. Um, so the third stage would be commitment. Okay. And then fourth stage. Well, there's stage. some things in between there, right? Between power struggle and commitment. Well, we're going to talk about that. Okay. We're, we're going to find out about it. Apparently, we need to revisit the power struggle stage. I mean, can you help us? 
definitely bring that segment back a little mm-hmm. bit. Let's not. <laughs> Speaking of Amin segments, are we going to replace the Amin's or facts segment in season three? Uh, we need to find something else for Amin to... I'm sorry to the listeners that really thoroughly enjoy my... Uh, more well, than yeah, someone would facts. have to provide us some feedback that they're, they're, like, that how they're do you enjoying find such boring facts. <laughs> like, that's like, what I don't understand. Well, there's so like, many things that you can Four think. score and seven years ago, this <laughs> city existed. I mean, you know, if Jamisa is criticizing it, that there's probably some validity to it. No, it's just, just some pod humor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Nothing will take down my male confidence. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Hence having Chrissy in the room today to balance it out. Mm-hmm. All right. So first stage uh, is the honeymoon. So Jamisa, the honeymoon stage is where you first meet, maybe the first nine, 12 months of a relationship. And it's nothing but positive. You remember these days? You'd look at me no. and the hearts would spring out from your eyes. No. You just wondered to yourself, how did you get so lucky? As he mowed the lawn in his camouflage undies. <laughs> <laughs> right. Me driving up to his house and just being like, oh, what the hell is going on out here? And this was pre-minivan <coughs> sex appeal. Yes. <laughs> oh, are we going to talk about the new minivan today? We are not talking about that. Because I think that is that definitely a sign of stage three commitment. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think in the first, in the honeymoon phase, um, lots of things happen. Lots of great things happen. But also some mistakes Occur, not for us, but mistakes also occur during that stage. Well, definitely for us, too. But wow. We'll get to that in a minute. I have a list with me. Um, but the main point of the honeymoon stage is just to have fun, right, and don't make commitments. Right. So the sex is going to be amazing. You're going to focus on all the positives. You're going to ignore the negatives about the other person. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to feel so close, like you wish you could always be in love like, like this. Mm-hmm. It all comes crashing down later. But well, we're just giving people hope, right? <laughs> <laughs> Their relationships are going to be. So in the honeymoon stage, it's just nothing but positives. And uh, our advice, right? Well, is, I don't know. I think, I wait, think people. I, did you see? I, I don't know if it's all positive. I don't think people still have arguments. I think they just go about even having disagreements, uh, holding back. Yeah. So, so it's all. So it's your representative. Chris Rock talks about that, right? You mm-hmm. send your representative. Mm-hmm. So I think in the honeymoon stage, you tend to justify or ignore some of the challenges you see. So yeah, back in the in the honeymoon stage, you tend to ignore or justify whatever challenges you see and you almost delay it, right? Like, we'll, we'll handle that later. I'm sure there's a good reason. Well, I think people also get into this uh, thing of like, oh, well, everything else is so great that they then overlook what may be later humongous red flags. So back when you drove over and I was mowing the lawn in my camo undies, you're like, with a body like that, I forgive everything else. No? It's crickets. There are crickets. <laughs> so, Amin and Chrissy, why don't you tell us about your honeymoon stage? I see Chrissy decided to get on the mic. This could get interesting. Yeah, I'm kind of scared. She was very eager to jump to the mic. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, But, yeah, uh, so we met in New York City uh, when I was living there and doing research through uh, mutual, mutual friends. And the first few months were a lot of fun. Uh, we went to a bunch of different restaurants, uh, paid for a bunch of meals we couldn't afford. It was, <laughs> it, it, it was very fun. And so, I don't know, what was your experience of it? Um, yeah, it was, like, incredible that time. And then um, we moved in together really quickly. And mm-hmm. that was great. 
So you all moved in together while you were in New York? Yes, the uh, last month. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the last month and then um, in West Virginia. So I think for me it was like a lot of change really fast and I was young and um, I think you put up with like a lot of <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I was very combative for like no reason. Mm-hmm. So did you all, hun- so did your honeymoon phase like end very quickly? I don't know if it ended necessarily, but we we started seeing glimpses of that problem solving stage within it mm-hmm. because we moved in so quickly. Mm-hmm. And so as you guys already know, I'm very strong in the things I believe in. Like I want things done a certain way at home, whatever. And she's the same exact way. She likes things operating her own system. So very quickly, like even in the kitchen, right? You, you used to call me kitchen douche. <laughs> you just like stand over me and criticize like everything. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so that was like the way I made light of it. But um, yeah. That's funny because we probably have very similar mm-hmm. personalities. Who, you and I? Yes. I'm very easygoing. You're not. And likable. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Chrissy's face. That's she didn't even know that. She didn't even work with you. And she, <laughs> so she's like, mm you're not. So you think we, we were very similar? Similar, and I mean, and Chrissy, and that they are very strong. First of all, I don't would remember. You say, I want to talk over you real quick. I don't remember either of us going to med school. That is true. So we're not as smart. As mm. I, mean. I don't remember either of us using the phrase kitchen douche. We probably should. <laughs> but do you do you feel like you and Chrissy have similar personalities? Yeah. And I think that kind of worked to our detriment initially mm-hmm. until we were able to work through that. And so I think that was kind of what brought us together was, oh, you're a really strong person. You really believe in the things you believe in. Like, we're both the kind that if we see something we disagree with in public, we'll address it right then and there. Chrissy has a funny story about that just this week. Uh, but but I think that kind of attracted us to each other. It's like, oh, we don't stand for certain things and we're very strong in that. And then uh, at the same time, there's a lot of small things that we have those same very strong stances about. And, and so, yeah, like in the kitchen, I like things organized a certain way. She hates the way I organize certain things. I undersalt food. I undersalt chicken. <laughs> yes. That, that, that might have been our first argument. Yeah. <laughs> you stood over her and was like, you did not put enough seasoning mm-hmm. on this chicken. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. I was like, how do you even eat it like this? It tastes like, <laughs> tastes you like also a soggy put cracker. raisins in the chicken salad? You also put raisins in your chicken salad? Um, I think grapes would be. Grapes. <laughs> so, Chrissy, this Even is funny because we had a conversation about this in our last episode, didn't we? Mm-hmm. I think, is that right? Mm-hmm. It was the last episode. Yeah. You about had to the listen Caucasian to proclivity for putting fruit into their meat salads. <laughs> Check out the last episode. <laughs> so, Kevin, uh, tell us about your honeymoon phase when, um, before which, you. Which one? Yeah. I've had a few. <laughs> so were you uh, in your first marriage? Okay. My first one and only your marriage. Your first and only one. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Kevin. Wow. Yes, Is this you're... a predictive <laughs> statement? Hmm. In marriage number four. <laughs> yes. I will get back to you on that. Well, we met in graduate school. And we met. Huh. Seeing a pattern? Hmm. Uh, it was social work school, not medical school. So we met and and we were friends. I think I liked her in a romantic way, and she really just didn't like me that way for a long time. And I decided I would leave that school because I didn't like a lot of things that were going on there. 
And the semester ends in May, and we went out on a first date the 1st of May. So I decided then that I would put my stuff in storage, come take a summer job back in South Carolina, because this was in Kentucky. And then I um, went back, and we dated starting in August, and we got married in December. Oh, wow. So it was an... Very quick. It was very quick. We were friends for a year. Mm -hmm. Good friends. Like, we we were... Uh, we hung out a lot, got to know each other. Um, so we knew each other as friends. Mm-hmm. We didn't grow up together, obviously, but we knew each other in a in a difficult context because we're away from home and everything going on with school. So, but yeah, the dating phase was from t- August till we got married in December. So, so four between August and December, did you all live together? We did not. Okay. We did not. We just, when we were in dorms, we had dorms that were paid for. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we got married in December. And in November, I moved into a homeless shelter to work at the homeless shelter. So that was our first job slash living arrangement is when we got married, she moved in with me mm-hmm. into an apartment at the homeless shelter. And we worked there together for a few months. That was, that was a pretty difficult environment because it was a homeless shelter for men. And I was very protective, probably overly protective. So we moved out at like March. Mm-hmm. So that didn't last very long. So it was it was it was difficult, and it was what we did. We we're social workers, so we thought we were doing the right thing. Okay, very interesting. Mm-hmm. What were your experiences with the honeymoon period? Um, I think we did a lot of similar things that we easy, talk- easy. It's a PG radio show. Oh, stop. <laughs> A lot of uh, dates, going out to like Because you weren't into me in the beginning, were you? No. Mm. <laughs> it's a, this is really, this is a funny story because you told me that we were going to be together. Yeah. And. You didn't, you didn't seem to know, so I felt like it was helpful to share that. And you and I are similar in personalities. I think we're very strong-willed in something. And so if I decide I'm not going to do, like, I will do something, I will get very stubborn in it. And so I was just like, yeah, this is not going to, like. It's not true. Like, we're not going to, like, be together. And this is me saying this, and I'm sure my emotions were very different, um, and probably even behaviors were different. But uh, we did a lot of going out and Mm -hmm. hanging out um, at your farm, going to concerts, and just spent a lot of time together. Um, Getting to, uh, you made a point, which I thought was really nice, um, even in the honeymoon phase, to get to uh, drive two hours to meet my mom and um, get to know my family. I'm Even in. though no one on her street would tell me where she lived, yeah, they wouldn't. Oh, did wait, so? That, that is a funny conversation. That is a funny. They thought story. the federales were trying to find your mom. So Ben <laughs> at the time had this like brown pickup truck, and um, I grew up in an all black neighborhood, and so uh, he comes driving down the street and could not exactly remember the, my mom's house number. So then he starts going to the neighbor's house and wants to know, you know, ask for my mom's first and last name, and they would not. Tell him where she lived. <laughs> so he had to call me. He was like, "Yeah, he was like, yeah, I, th- I know I'm on the right street, but they won't tell me where the house is." Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of just, just I think just get, making an effort to get to know family, and um, we actually went out and met your family as well uh, prior to us uh, getting. I don't think we were engaged at that time. Mm-mm. So yeah. I think we dated for a year. Yeah, and then Before. got married. Mm-hmm. And so we moved in like maybe nine months. Mm-hmm. And three months prior the, to getting married. Yeah. Yeah. We had three months of sin. And then the honeymoon phase was over. 
So from the honeymoon phase where everything's amazing, the problem-solving stage seems to get defined by the opposite, right? You start realizing like, oh, like this is real and this is who this person is. And you tend to lose sight of all their positives and you tend to be hyper-focused on the obstacles mm-hmm. or the challenges. So it sounds like for me and Chrissy, it was putting seasoning but, on chicken. <laughs> but wait, wait, wait. Let's back up a little bit because their honeymoon was super quick, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if you move into that commitment, if you move into problem solving with a commitment, it's mm-hmm. really difficult because you're around the person all the time. Mm-hmm. So if you had still been dating that pressure wouldn't have felt as intense, right? Mm-hmm. But because you're living together, suddenly it feels really intense. Yeah. And so what we've seen um, at Three Trees is where we, the clients that we have come in contact with is that they would move into this commitment phase like within like a couple months. Or days. Yeah, meeting someone. And then they realize like, oh, our personalities do not match up. Um, and it's really hard sometimes to get out of that commitment with someone, especially when you have um, financial obligations, mm-hmm. uh, such as if they've moved into an apartment or they've purchased something together um, and almost feeling, or they end up, you know, um, having a kid mm-hmm. or someone's pregnant and then you are with this person and you're like, we, like, our personalities are not, like, do not align mm-hmm. at all. And so people together. love the honeymoon period, right? Mm-hmm. And people take it as reality. Mm-hmm. And they think they're always going to stay in this reality. That this love is so intense, it solves all their problems, it makes all their headaches go away. And then suddenly, you're cooking food for someone and they complain that there's not enough salt on the chicken. And you're like, this kitchen douche. (laughs) I want to clarify, though, we cooked for each other often. I don't want to make it sound like she moved in and started just cooking for me. (laughs) I would take over. I was like, if you want more salt on the chicken, you can make it yourself. <laughs> exactly. Did you say it that nicely, Chrissy? Kind of. Probably. Yeah, kind of. Just like make it yourself. <laughs> like even when she said the kitchen douche thing, it was like we were laughing. I don't know how it's to, I mean, like I could either make this a really big deal or like try to make it funny. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how we survived the problem solving stage is we would constantly check in with each other. Is this still what you want? You're not, you know. This doesn't have to be what you're stuck with. It's just, is this, is this what you want? Mm-hmm. And we did that very often. And even in the first uh, four months of dating when we were in New York, her family's in Maine. And so it was a short drive. And so I went and I met all her family in Maine. And I, I thought Is he that trying was, to compete with what I did during? <laughs> well, I, I, feel I, like, I feel like I, there's some I competition. Feel like I, it was like short period of time, but everything was like very intentional. Like he did mm. put in a lot of effort to come and see me and my family like constantly. Mm-hmm. So when we moved in together, it was because we loved each other and it was completely intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like we opened up quick. I feel like he knew me when, like, better than anybody mm-hmm. when we moved in. So. I think the challenges, like, because we love each other so much and that it feels so real that it, like, didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Even like, though it got, like, really hard really fast. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, like, the, the reason I went... And I wasn't trying to compete with you. I was competing with the fact that... Uh, I a little competition there, I mean. No, it was the <laughs> rushing through the honeymoon stage that mm-hmm. I was competing with that notion. Because I, I do feel like uh, there were constant check-ins. It wasn't like, oh, we're now in the problem-solving stage. It was like... Hey, there's going to be issues when we move in together. It's not going to be all pretty, but we have to keep checking in with each other and make sure this is what we want because I'm going to go start school. And, you know, that school, there's not a lot of time for outside of school things. And I was like, 
I'm not rich. <laughs> you know, like, if you move in with me, I can't promise you a lot of things, right? It's going to be school's my main focus. I'll try to take care of us as best as I can. But realistically, we're not going to be able to spend a lot of money on other things. Uh, we might have barely a grocery budget, right? Uh, and for that reason, we were like, okay, so let me meet your family while we're here. Let me see. All you do is talk about your mom and how much you love her. Let me try to also earn her trust before I do this because I didn't want to, you know, go to West Virginia. And now she's how many hours? 10 hours from Maine? Uh, tw- 13 maybe? I feel like we, we made the decision because it felt like the only way we could make the relationship like work. Mm-hmm. I was going to add, so you all... Um so as soon as you all made the commitment, so you all were living together at the end of New York, like right mm-hmm. before you left. Okay. And then you both moved together to West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that a big like cultural change for you, Chrissy, <laughs> from like New York to West Virginia? Well, it was really like Maine to West Virginia. So okay. <laughs> it's like not that different. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I think experience in New York was like important for me because mm-hmm. I hadn't, there's not that much culture in Maine. Mm-hmm. And um, there's just so much, like, diversity of, like, different foods and people. And, like, um, I don't know. And it was, like, really busy. Stuff is going on all the time. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, you, it sounds like you all made, like, you went into the honeymoon phase, like, with this commitment of, mm-hmm. like, we want to move over mm-hmm. to commitment, to a commitment stage. But we need, we, you recognize there were going to be issues. Yeah. And that was, I think that's really mature of you because you guys were young, right? Yeah, it was our first serious relationship, I think. It was our first uh, serious relationship. and But at the same time, we were both like, I don't want to be in a relationship if it's not serious mm-hmm. right now. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It was interesting. Looking back to, I hear like, yeah, it could have been a lot of red flags that we were lucky to avoid, I guess. Uh, so that's the point of the problem solving period, right, is to figure out are we solving problems in healthy ways or mm-hmm. are we developing really unhealthy habits? And in the problem solving period, a lot of people take their childhood trauma and their childhood issues and they start to replay them in the non-honeymoon stage of the relationship. So it's in the problem solving period you get to see like, okay, this person really struggles to have open conversation about sex or about money or about honesty or about you know social responsibilities or and it's really interesting, like, in this problem-solving period, like, let's go hang out with each other's families. Let's really get to know the family of origin. Let's get to know each other so we can see all these areas so that we can make decisions before we get to a commitment stage. And sometimes, like the two of you were talking about, it happens simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like it worked out really well for, for y'all, but oftentimes, because you're living together now and you're trying to problem-solve and you're trying to manage, like, childhood problems and family problems and family issues and issues related to conversations about money or intimacy or parenting or whatever, it can really tumble up quickly. Mm-hmm. And that's why we say in the honeymoon period, just have fun. Yeah, Wait a year or so, have fun, enjoy each other's company. There's plenty of work to do down the road if you want to kind of develop this into a commitment. Mm-hmm. Kevin, what did you find um, as you're dating now? There's probably like a lot of honeymoon periods, right? There are. Yes, that seems to be what everybody where everybody starts because I meet different people online. I've gone out on dates. And so what do you do differently with this honeymoon period than you did from the one that led to your first marriage, which Jamisa said was one of four? Yeah, well, <laughs> well, yeah, then. One, of, one of one. Um, it's interesting because it seems like everyone – and I think you get to a certain age. I think that's worth bringing up to – 
because I think I'm, Kevin's 80. Yeah, 80. Yeah, so uh, when you get 80, it's a little different ball game. I think I think people tend to want to uh, condense the problem solving stage and the the honeymoon stage, mm-hmm. thinking that you don't have to get to eat, know each other as long because clocks are ticking, kids are growing, bills are accumulating. And I think uh, on the dating scene, I think a lot of people are sort of in a hurry, maybe, mm-hmm. to, to rush things and getting caught up in uh, the feelings in the honeymoon stage. So to answer your question, I think um, feeling like the honeymoon stage is – I wasn't very intentional the first time is the, the answer to that. I, I was following a formula – that was modeled for me as I grew up. You get to know someone, you fall in love, you get married. I did not know to focus on solving problems. They came up, and, and we went through that stage organically. I just wasn't very intentional. And, okay, watch for red flags. If red flags came up, I just thought it's something I had to live with. Mm-hmm. And if I presented red flags to her, then I thought that was just, you know, adjusting instead of deciding if we want to want to stay together or not. So now I'm more intentional about paying attention and looking for red flags and sort of playing detective a little bit more than I did before. I think that's really interesting you, um, that you brought up uh, that people will see red flags. And it's like, well, it's just something I have to live with versus, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, being intentional and even knowing what are the things that you are willing to put up with and not put up with in a relationship. Because that varies for every single person probably at this table. Yeah, what are the deal breakers? Yeah. And what can you let go? Mm-hmm. And if you can't let it go and and your communication styles come out a lot. Mm-hmm. Because if you can't let something go, uh, you have to have a res- you have to respond. And then do you respond passively or aggressively or do you learn assertive communication and does your communication job up with with what they hear mm-hmm. and their communication style comes into play too absolutely so i'd like to take a tangent um because kevin hit on something that i think is fascinating to me and i look around i look at friends who've been married a long time um i remember dating someone one time and her dad would always be like, you know, Ben, here's some good marriage advice. I've been married 50 years. Mm-hmm. And when he left the room, his wife would come in and talk about what she's going to do when he dies and how she's going to travel the world exactly. and do this and do that. Exactly. And it's interesting how we kind of confuse length of relationship with quality of relationship mm-hmm. oftentimes. Mm-hmm. But uh, you and I were both married before, mm-hmm. Jimmy, and we, we were married when we were younger. Um, and it's interesting to see how... I went about the relationship with you very differently. So I think like when Kevin was talking about this, it's like you see these red flags and you don't do much about them. You see them in yourself. You mm-hmm. see them in the other person. You see them in, a, in the relationship as a whole. Right. And there's no response to them. Right. Because everyone's telling you relationships are tough. Mm-hmm. Relationships are difficult. This is what you have to deal with. Right. And I think right. you and I are similar in that we could have both stayed in those relationships for life mm-hmm. and we wouldn't have known anything different. Just just stay there because that's what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I, I tell people uh, when I talk to them about stages of relationships, my parents have been married 61 years, and, and they still live in the same house they raised me and my sister in. Mm-hmm. And, and I tell people also that I would not use their relationship as a model of how I want to go about it just because of their communication with each other. So, yeah, they just being together for a long time doesn't, equate 
happiness for a long time. But there's another part of this that as we move into discussing the commitment period that's interesting. So Jamisa, both your ex and my ex um, are very impressive people in their own right, um, were not good fits for us mm-hmm. in terms of relationship. Mm-hmm. <coughs> However, you can get into this commitment phase because in the problem-solving stage, you don't go about it right. It doesn't mean you don't get to the commitment stage. Right. It means the foundation for the commitment stage is shaky. Mm-hmm. And so I think people often think, like, because we got to the commitment stage, we're doing great. Hmm. And as we're going to talk about, they don't go back and revisit the honeymoon and the problem-solving and keep right. working on these things. And how honest you were during the honeymoon stage. Exactly. Because yeah. you, you, you want to be with this person so much, you decide to kind of not address red flags or let things go and be very artificial in your communication techniques. And then they, they stick around. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh. What am I going to do with this person now? Because mm-hmm. they see who I am. But And people change as they get older, too. So, mm-hmm. like, back in the day when I was a underwear model mowing the lawn <laughs> in my Kamawandis, you know, I had a, had a certain body type and things. And it, Oh, my God, I can't. It may not be <laughs> as present anymore. And so you have to adapt to these changes. But people change their political views. They change their religious views. They change their ideas of maybe we didn't want kids. Now we do. Yep. And that constant need to go back and use this problem solving. And I liked what Amin said on this topic, like constantly checking in, constantly having these conversations about I feel differently and my openness to it. So if Jamisa comes out and says, you know what? I suddenly feel very differently about this topic. This is how I feel now. Mm-hmm. Rather than being like, nope, that's outside the scope of our relationship. That's outside of what we talked about of really kind of having that conversation. And I also think about um, as you're talking, like, you know, friendships that we have with people change over years, right? So people that you may have been friends with in college, um, you know, now if you're in your 30s or in your 40s, you may not necessarily like you meet this person. I mean, you see this person and you're around them and you realize like, we just not like a good fit anymore. Like we just, we have, you know, different views about the world and how we choose to move about our lives. And I don't necessarily enjoy spending time with that person as much. And Are you talking it's, about the, me? it's the same thing about relationships though. And mm-hmm. I think people don't want to be honest about that. Like over time, if you've been with someone for a while, like you may, you know, you're married to someone for a while and you may wake up one morning and realize like, we just, we're, we're just on two different wavelengths. Like they may set their alarm super early every morning. And just <laughs> and just never get up when it goes off. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. Yeah. yeah, you know, and that just changes the whole dynamic of a marriage. Someone mm. setting their alarm at five o'clock. Speaking in the of which, you, you, okay, let's not wait, do. Wait, 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 I mean, wait. can you help me? No, I'm not doing anything. Can you help us right now? I was going to go back to the giving up episode. So this month for giving up, I meant to give up getting early, getting up early, right, mm-hmm. and going to bed early. Mm-hmm. And so I've been doing it, and now I cannot get up early. Okay, mm. sounds successful. Okay, and but, so we're going to now. Dag- Jimmy's is like, why are you not getting up? <laughs> why are you still here? Yeah, no, like, no. It, it is. Oh my gosh, I had to say this, and then we're going to move back. So this, it was so bad this week. We wait, wait, wait. Up. But first of all, you did request I stay up later with you, and you did agree that that would probably mean I'd wake up later, right? No, I didn't agree to that. Okay. So it was Play so bad this week about they Ben woke up. If even if I wake up late, he'll usually like get up around six. And um, we woke up Wednesday morning, and it was like 7.05. We had to be at the house with our kids at 7.15 <laughs> to get mm. to school one time. It was an absolute disaster. 
But anyways, I digress. I want to ask you, Kevin, yes. about online dating because, as you mentioned, I think because just, you might be back in the market mm, soon. I'll give you some referrals. Yeah, <laughs> stop. <laughs> so, how has that been, like dating online, and knowing that, as you said, that like when you're going into like meeting people or chatting, however you go about dating online, are you going in with intentions of just being very casual, like just want to kind of just meet and get to know people? Mm -hmm. But the people that you are talking to, do you feel like their intentions are similar? It it varies. Um, on some of the dating apps, you have the ability to say what you're looking for, if it's casual dating or if it's, um, you know, long-term commitment. And, and I don't think people really pay attention to that. I think people put down there whatever they think will get them, you know, the most attention. Mm -hmm. um, understanding the stages of relationships. Mm -hmm. I go into it knowing that whatever we start with isn't going to last. As, okay. as far as, you know, the good feelings, the excitement, the, mm -hmm. the adrenaline rush, you know, that we talk about the, it's like being in, on drugs or, you know, it's just, it's just that rush of good feelings, mm -hmm. and I know that's not going to last, that excitement. Um, I tend to be overly analytical about what other people present and because I can carry on a conversation. I can talk to people, and I just notice that, you know, people really are drawn to someone that, that can communicate openly, mm -hmm. and then I think that, you know, they, they kind of want to stay there. They want to keep that excitement in the honeymoon stage um we don't really i don't really get in, into talking to too many people about commitments you know online that's, that's not really a uh something you start with um do you find that people try i do mm -hmm. i do I, I think a lot of people will uh come into the initial conversations uh you know wanting to know uh what are your intentions you know, mm -hmm. and I'm like, what? Well, just kind of, what's your name first? You know, where, <laughs> uh, what was your favorite color? I'd, I'd like to know these things. Brown, um, Kevin Brown. Of course it is. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just, I think a lot of people uh, get to know you with an eye toward wanting to end up with you. Wanting, oh, to, okay. wanting to get to that commitment. So they're like just trying to bypass the whole honeymoon phase so. part. You know what's funny, though? I've never had that experience with the opposite sex. I normally find that when women meet me, they're trying to end the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I can like, believe that. Not, not develop it. <laughs> I can believe that. So it sounds like Kevin has a very different experience. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and Chrissy, as you went through this problem-solving stage, you're figuring out how the two of you solve problems differently. What was the biggest challenge you think you had in how the two of you problem solve? I can go first. Uh, for me, it was getting over my ego and feeling like I need to be right about everything, including small details that don't matter. And Chrissy is now pointing and yes. saying, yes, that, that's what it was. Because yeah. I know that was, the, that was the place I put the most work in. Cause she, and she didn't really vocalize that it was bothering her, but... I, I was always thinking back and I was like, what would I be like if I heard what I'm saying directed to me, mm. right? And so like the the, the kitchen douche thing, I was like, okay, maybe I am being a lot in the kitchen. Maybe I just need to step out. Maybe I need to let her do her thing and, and just, you know, 
learn these things on her own and do these things on her own. Or maybe I'm Did wrong. You say learn these things on our own. Maybe I'm wrong oh altogether. Oh my goodness, exactly. I mean. But she is a progress. It's like a progression. You know? Oh my God, it's just oh getting worse. I mean, it's getting worse. It I couldn't go from feeling completely right all the time to just not. It took a minute. It took five years to humble him. So. Wait, so in that, this is the humble version? Oh, yeah. God. Is it really the humble version of I mean? Oh, wow. Could you? I couldn't imagine Dad, talking to you, me, like five years ago. Oh, yeah. It was when you first started at Three Trees and we had so many conversations about, hey, Amin, I really want you to be more curious than no. I was so offended at first. And were you really? Yeah, because I thought I was a very curious person. I love science. I love thinking about things. I was like, I'm the most curious person ever, which is not a curious person response. <laughs> but then as you investigate it, you're like, well, Ben, my whole medical school training was about mm-hmm. teaching me to know even if I don't. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which is really scary for me going to see my medical practitioner. Mm-hmm. Keep that in mind. <laughs> we'll do another episode on that perhaps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so what about for you, Chrissy, what do you feel you had to change the most or work on the most or what did you learn about your own problem solving style as this was your first serious relationship? Um, you had talked earlier that people take, um, what they learned from their parents into the relationship. I think that was like very much the case for me. And I think their communication styles are both so bad and I had both of them. So I had to like really, I guess like adjust how I was communicating I feel like um there would be like small things like the salt and then I would just have like really large reactions to like things that don't matter that much Mm -hmm. sometimes you know I think too when we're growing up in these relationships that we do not wish to repeat and we're seeing them around us we think we can just acknowledge that we're not going to repeat them and that makes it happen Mm -hmm. versus what kind of work am I going to put into not repeating these relationship patterns and that was difficult for me as I found myself getting older and repeating behaviors that I found very painful in other people Mm -hmm. and being like oh my goodness I'm doing the exact same stuff that I didn't want and that I found so difficult yeah and I think one day she was even just saying I feel like whenever we argue you're not hearing my side out and so that was the kind of eye-opening for me to just start listening before I have something to say and just slowing down that whole process like yeah she's saying things for a certain reason why am I already why am I more invested in being right than hearing this person that I love out and assuming the best of what she's saying rather than oh, she's just saying this because she wants to get on my nerves today it's like well no that, that rarely happens uh, if it, if ever and uh yeah I feel like I got really angry when being dismissed mm-hmm. so easily like probably way over the top like I would never have certain reactions that I had back then that I that I do now mm-hmm. um, but that caused issues too because mm-hmm. even though like you're wrong I'm louder so it's you know mm-hmm. it doesn't like solve anything yeah and then we got to a point where uh, the past few years it's we have this conversation often where we ask each other what can I do better like what is it, what is it that I could do better when I want to make a point about this and I strongly believe in it and so yeah I mean I I have I almost owe my communication ability completely to her because I just, the way I learned about communication from my dad was you suffer in silence and then you explode. And so I never actually did the explode thing, but I definitely did the, how do you say, the smart version of it. Mm -hmm. Like I'd I'd be like, this is why I'm correct because this and this study is like this and whatever. And I I wish Jamisa had been paired with you back then. There would have been so much violence (laughs) in your home. (laughs) 
But yeah, I, I, and it didn't happen often, but when it did happen, I, I would I feel like in the beginning, we fought a lot, like the first year, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. we kind of like grew into our own, and my time away from home, I like healed and became my own person, but mm-hmm. I feel like we fought a lot. Yeah, yeah. And then like slowly, we just like got better over time, I don't know. Yeah. So Kevin, you recently ended a more long-term relationship like post-marriage, and you can tell us. Nope. Yes, no, that was, let's go. Let's go. Um, what's your, what you got? And so how did the two of you go through the problem-solving period? How did you decide the relationship shouldn't progress? It was very condensed, and that is not my style. I found myself, like I mean said, you know, repeating certain communication styles. I Instead of following what I was taught growing up, I just – I parroted the the problem solving and communication styles of the person I was in the relationship with so sort of just give her what I thought she wanted instead of being authentic and being real about what I needed and wanted and it was it was hard I felt like I lost a lot of my myself my identity in it um and it was so it was very condensed because I'm not a fast, I don't do anything that fast, as you guys well know, pretty, pretty laid back and slow. Um, so I, um, I, I felt like I was, uh, had to, had to uh, speed things up just to stay in the relationship. And finally, to, to end it, it got to a point where I felt like I was having to give up too much and the problems, to solve the problems that were presented, I would have to compromise my values. And I did not do that, so I left. Right. Um, so you're saying the honeymoon period was amazing, mm-hmm. and then to keep it going, you kind of just started pounding back behaviors and decided to avoid having any sort of problem-solving period, just jump into commitment. Right. So, yeah, what I did was I compromised a lot of uh, the skills I knew that I had uh, just to stay in the relationship, and it caused a lot of anxiety. Um, and finally got to a point where... I knew that if I compromised enough to stay in the relationship, I would uh, I would be very unhappy, and I, I felt like it would probably not end well. So we had a commitment uh, to be we were engaged, and and I knew that if I followed through with that, it would be much more difficult to get out later than it would be at the point that I did. So um, I became very assertive, and and ended it. Which was, which was great. I just, I was, where I struggle now is why I let it get to that point, I guess. Why I let it go to the point of sort of having to be dramatic about it. Do, Do you, you feel like when oh, there wait, were... Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, go ahead. When there, is con- when there was conflict, did you feel like you could voice your opinion or voice your differences? Um, so when you say paradigm, or did you kind of just go along with things? Yeah, just I, very I did. I did. Was able to, you know, say what my preferences were, what I needed, what my, where my boundaries were, um, and and she was a much more strong-willed person mm-hmm. than I tend to be. Mm-hmm. So if there was a, a place where one of us had to compromise, I did most of the compromising. Okay, and and I felt like I wanted to do that at the time to stay in the relationship because it offered a lot of what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it came to issues that I was not willing to compromise on, then I felt like I had to 
make a change, mm-hmm. and I did. So I bent and compromised more than I was comfortable with. Yeah, I think the breaking point was when she asked him to give up his Superman pajamas. <laughs> Yeah. And he said, I want to hear more. The, 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 <laughs> she so, would not allow me to cut the grass in my Superman underwear. Thank you very much. So, Kevin, do you think the the choices that you unintentionally made during the problem solving period in this relationship mirrored the same choices in your first marriage out of four? Probably. Um, is this too much? Sorry. No, no, that's a good, that's a great question. Um, I think so. I think so. And the part that I struggle with now after that is, is where were the lessons that I learned the, or did I learn the lessons the first time? You know, mm-hmm. Did I, did I pay attention? Um, there, I think it comes down to what, I, what are the characteristics that a person possesses that I would want to be in a long-term relationship with. And I tended to be attracted to the same type of characteristics and it mm-hmm. always ended up in the same with the same outcome. So I think going in, um, I have to remember that, you know, what it, during the honeymoon stage, pay attention to certain red flags, uh, be open to, being assertive and then allowing the other person to compromise or not, instead of me being the first one to offer to change my mind or compromise, just kind of, and just let there be conflict, just not avoid it. I think I did a lot of that avoiding conflict instead of letting conflict happen and then see how we are with it. Because if you avoid it, you don't know how, if you avoid problems, you don't know if you can solve problems together. So I'd stop doing that. So Jamisa, after your first marriage, um, you were in a long-term relationship. And obviously, they didn't quite match up to me, so that didn't make it. Um, but what did you find yourself doing? Did you, you think you repeated the same mistakes of the marriage in the second relationship? And then what did you change before we got married or since we've been married? Like, how have you worked on your own challenges when it comes to the stages of relationship like Kevin talked about? Um, I think in from first marriage to us, um, a lot of... Skipping over there. No, well, first marriage, that long-term relationship, and then us. um, I think recognizing what it is that I want in a mate was, like, one of the biggest things. Um, What am I... And not ignoring the red flags... Um, for myself, I think it's being using a sort of communication. I think I do a lot of that now. Uh, probably arguing and having conflict. I think I do much better now at that. Um, so, I love what Kevin said about that. Like, I think a lot of people don't even allow the arguments to yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. And we, so, we have people in class, right, who'll say, "So you're saying I can't even argue in a relationship? Yeah, arguing isn't cussing and yelling. That's <laughs> not an argument. A difference That's of violence. Yeah. <laughs> so I think in my, in my first marriage, the arguments were a lot of yelling, and there was no there was no resolution to it. So it's like you know, this person I hurl out you know a bunch of insults. I would then hurl out a bunch of insults. Everyone feelings hurt, and then nothing got resolved. And then the, and that was my first marriage. And then in the long term relationship, no one spoke. 
Like there was mm. no communication. So there was a conflict you didn't know. So you don't know if you can solve a problem or no not? No idea. No one no. didn't want to talk about it. And but that must have been a nice break from the drama too in some ways. No, it wasn't because you mm. don't know how that other person feels. Right. Like you don't know you don't know what you did. You don't know if something is a problem and is never talked about. And even if it is, if it is talked about, it is in such a passive way that you can't figure out exactly what to do to resolve it. And so we, so I went from like one end of the spectrum to the other. And I feel like Ben, you and I have a very good middle. Um, I know we're not always perfect in the Who's way that our middle. We're good in terms of how we handle conflict, and we're not always um. perfect in it. Um, but I think for the most part, we do well with the way that we communicate with each other and we talk about what our needs are and um, and how we resolve conflict. So mm-hmm. we kind of, yeah, I think we've been able, I've been able now to be in a relationship where we, I do have that middle, where there is uh, healthy communication and also healthy conflict. But that was a big part of our problem solving period, right? Was mm-hmm. like, I tend to be more like, we are going to have this conversation and you tend to be more Kevin-like in that regard, right? Like your natural setting point is, do we have to talk about this? And I think you. Well, I think really we'll go to that, that. Or either I'm like really pissed off, and mm-hmm. you know, we're going to talk. We're going to talk. Yes. yes. Um, and and oftentimes, if that does happen with Ben and I, it's probably at a time that we don't need to talk. So he's able to like mm-hmm. settle down enough to be like to me. So we're not going to do this right now because it's just not going to work out well. Um, we're in the middle of Walmart. <laughs> Put the butcher's knife down. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we've, we've gotten to that point. But, yeah, I think Kevin and I are probably similar in the way that we'd probably handle a conflict. But I think this is important because we all have natural defaults. Mm-hmm. And so yours yes. and Kevin's natural default is that. Mm-hmm. I think mine and Amin's natural default is very similar mm-hmm. in that. Why is everyone not saying their opinions? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's how we solve things and not realizing when that's too much and people mm-hmm. need less of that. Mm-hmm. Or even waking up, uh, maybe I'm not creating an environment where they, where they feel like they can share their opinions Uh, as well as they'd like to be heard. Mm Because that's, I think, what Chrissy was talking about earlier was, and and she vocalized it to me, she was like, well, I don't know why I would say this thing because I feel like you're not hearing me when I say that. Mm -hmm. And that's that with me too because I was like, well, that's not the relationship that I want. I don't want her feeling like this. And uh, so, yeah, I had to tell myself, don't speak, just hear. Mm -hmm. And let them have their opinion so that they feel safe enough to bring that up if I'm shooting it down every time, then of course she doesn't want to share it. That's not, that might not even be her default, right? But I've kind of encouraged that behavior. And it's an incredible gift to give the other person to acknowledge their communication style, conflict style, and to be willing to be humble about your own and to say, I don't have to be right. We need to work together on this and to hear, to see who they are and how they come to us. I think that's a, a, a great gift of love to give. Have any of you guys watched Love is Blind? No. no. So it's uh, it's probably my guilty pleasure reality TV show. So what happens is they put, what, about uh, eight, eight males, eight females uh, in these things that are called pods, and they speak well, to each other. You start each- off, sorry to <laughs> Go you start off with like 20 guys and 20 females, and then they like, date without seeing each other and like um speed date and then they like go ahead yeah it's like they start from a really big pool Mm -hmm. and like date a lot of different people 
Yeah. And so they, they meet each other just by voice and by having conversations. And the whole concept is to fall in love with somebody's inner personality before their, uh, their outer appearance, I guess. And then what's, what's kind of interesting is none of the relationships end up working at the end. So they, they'll do that pod thing for a week. And then after a week, they do a reveal. It's like, oh, you're that person. Okay. And then it's very performative at first. They say a lot of things they don't really mean, kind of like what we're talking about with the honeymoon stage. They almost force the honeymoon stage. And they'll take them on what they call the honeymoon immediately after because they're engaged once they meet immediately without, without knowing what each other looks like. And so they go on a honeymoon at a really nice resort and immediately you start seeing red flags popping up and you see how they dismiss it and they justify it. And then after the week of the honeymoon, did you want to jump in? They also add in the people, the other people that they dated in <laughs> the pods. Into, to the honeymoon? Into their honeymoon. So yeah, you have like the honeymoon and then they oh are like really... Oh my that sounds like so is, much drama. <laughs> it like is a, a fun show. <laughs> Nothing dramatic there. But uh, I mean, are you going to do this on your honeymoon? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, after that honeymoon, yeah, and they see everyone else and what they look like, now immediately appearances matter a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then they now go into like this faux real world. And so they go back. They, they still get an apartment from the show, but they're still working now from home or working from wherever. And now they really see the red flags and the arguments are insane. And then, you know, you, you see exactly how they, they completely skip over this problem solving stage into this gigantic commitment. And their wedding is in what they do 30 days afterwards. I think they have two weeks to live together. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah, and, and so they get to the wedding and barely any of them say yes. And it's all this emotion and pain. And you see it. It's like a fast-forwarded version of what we talk about and what we see in our classes. You see even like uh, uh, that whole spectrum of violence that we talk about, that power and control ladder, really quickly in these short amounts of times because they rush that honeymoon stage right into the commitment. So this commitment stage, the third stage, really depends on what work you've done in the first two stages. So if in the honeymoon stage you just had fun you just enjoyed it and you got to know the parts of the person you liked and then waited on making you know, any kind of moving in or anything. And then you slowly enter the problem-solving stage and start to learn the parts of the person that are problematic or challenged due to childhood issues or communication issues or what have you. And you work through that. Then if you get into the commitment stage at that point, um, you tend to be on pretty solid footing and be able to make changes as they arrive. But if you've rushed any of those early stages, you can be in trouble. And I think everyone around this table has experienced that in one way or another. Mm -hmm. And one thing I want to add, too, about... And maybe there is a space between the honeymoon or, um, sorry, the conflict stage and the commitment stage. Because I think after you get through that whole, you know, this tug of war sometimes that happens within the conflict stage, that you kind of get to know, you start to see this person for who they are, right? Mm -hmm. So flaws and everything. And I think between those two things, I think I also have to figure out, like, do I want to be with this person before we get to commitment? Like, is this the person? Is this the relationship that I want to have. Um, And even within a marriage, I feel like you kind of go through those cycles of like, this is who this person is now. Daily. Daily. (laughs) You know, do I want to be with this person? But yeah, I think there is a space between that. And I always try Mm. to encourage uh, my clients if they are struggling within their relationship to really start to look at their relationship and like, this is who this person is. This is the reality of your relationship. Do you want to proceed? within right. that to the commitment or a recommitment. Lot time, a lot of times people will consider the amount of time they've invested mm-hmm. in the honeymoon stage and the problem solving stage. And if everything's not perfect, they're like, well, I'm two years in. Yeah, it's and it's two like, years uh-huh. wasted. Do I want to 
I want to throw those away or start over. Mm-hmm. A lot of people I don't. Another aspect of this is it's so easy to see theoretically. And we put it in our workbooks and stuff like that. And we teach it in our classes. And it's so easy to recognize it that way. But when you fall for someone or when you, you know, connect with someone, it all goes out the window, right? It's really difficult to then be anchored in this model enough to really adhere mm-hmm. to those different stages. I think that's something you've experienced, Kevin. I've experienced it before in life. Mm-hmm. Um, judging on your first relationship to me, so it looks like you probably experienced something like that. Um, and I think it's interesting to just be like, okay, so how do you adhere to this model? Like, Kevin, moving forward with dating, how are you going to more closely adhere to this model if, if you see it as a model of health? Take my time. Going to take my time and let because, like I said, at the um, you know, after you date so long and get to a certain age, whatever that age is, is different for everybody. You get tired of dating different people, so mm-hmm. you want to date someone. Um, I'm starting to get a little fatigued with my dating life. <laughs> well, you should. You should be. You should. Yeah. So what what I plan to do is take my time and really just get to know the person. Uh, be be honest, be myself, and listen to uh, observe red flags when they come up. You know, have have them meet my friends. You know, and, uh, and that was family. my biggest concern, right? Last time it was, it was. Yeah, You're like I, we haven't met this person. Uh, who, who are stealing you away? We don't mm-hmm. know who this is. Mm-hmm. And that was that was a, it was a red flag. And and you remember, I told you, I said, I got it. I'm good. Mm-hmm. No no worries. And there were lots of worries. So, yeah, you were right. And it's interesting because even with that situation, though, right, like, Jamie, so my problem-solving styles came out because mine is just to blurt out exactly yes. what I'm thinking. And Jamie's is. is more like, don't say anything. Mm-hmm. And so it's really interesting. Like, you see these default settings. So, so I people. created a problem for you guys to solve. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> But One of the things I also want to talk about, though, with commitment and that that space I was talking about, like, um, you know, having to reevaluate everything, mm-hmm. whether it be dating mm-hmm. or whether it be, you know, in your marriage. Like you also for those who have kids, your kids are, are grown and sure. they're in college. But I think if you, even with small kids, you have to think about, like, do I want to continue to have my kid be involved in this marriage? Is this healthy for them to be mm-hmm. in? Um, if you're dating someone and you're at commitment with kids, like, do I, you know, is this person, that's like a, good a whole person? nother episode. Yeah, that's right? a whole nother episode. Yeah. But like, is it, you know, is this person good to be around? Is kids this healthy? Are gone. Yeah. yeah. So Jimmy, so I have to interrupt you real quick. Amin is down on one knee. Huh? Oh, he's just tying his shoelace. Never mind. So <laughs> what? Amin and Chrissy, what is next for you and your stages of relationship? And what do you take from this episode that you may apply or may not apply? I mean, uh, I think the next step is marriage. Uh, we're we're now looking into. Oh, oh, I didn't mean like formal steps. Sorry, mm-hmm. you, you meant like the public step. I meant more like in general. What is the next stage for the two of you? Because you all have been engaged. Mm-hmm. Are you at problem solving? You at commitment? How do you move from one to the next? I don't think, at least speaking for ourselves, uh, I don't think you ever truly leave problem solving. I think the problem solving almost amplifies our commitments now. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're, we're really approaching this feeling of making the bigger commitment uh, soon. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm speaking for you too much. You can let me know if, <laughs> if, I, if I've got the gauge off. Uh, Chris, but, he just walked out the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now it's like, and, and we talked about this just recently uh, together, me and Chrissy. And when we argue now, 
it's not disrespectful at all. We're hearing each other out, and they're they're. Let me not make it sound too good, right? But you know, we're we're arguing in a way that's not just to argue, and we're getting kind of to an equal. I guess, outcome or something like that after we argue. And so, yeah, it might not be my preferred outcome, but it's better than a bad argument where we're just mad at each other for no reason. And, like, our arguments don't linger uh, anymore. We, when we have a conversation, it's over that night, and the next day we're good as new, and it, it almost amplifies the commitment and it makes us more sure. It's like, okay, so this is what our bad day looks like. I'm okay with that. I like how we handled this. Oh, this is what how we handled... This type of stress, uh, not bad. And so it's kind of checking off all the things that's like, all right, yeah, obviously the good feelings, who's not going to like the good feelings, right? That's not going to be a reason to get married. But what are our life goals? What are our family goals? What are our 5, 10, 20-year goals? Uh, and, and they seem to be aligning very well. And when they don't, we're able to communicate the differences and, and get to a point where we hurt each other out and feel respected by the outcome. And Chrissy, I'm going to need verbal consent that you agree with everything Amin just said. Um, no, I agree completely. I think we've had like multiple um, honeymoon problem solving mm-hmm. commitment phases. And then every time we like come out on the other side, it just gets like better and better. And um, that's what sometimes people call so the fourth stage is like cycling, right? Where you mm-hmm. start cycling through those stages like, okay, we're in honeymoon. Now this problem's emerging. Let's, we've learned how to problem solve together and now we can recommit. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're young, too, so there are pieces we don't have figured out yet that we'll have figured out when we're older that will, like, be less problems to solve Mm -hmm. eventually. So, yeah, I feel like we're, like, progressing in a really healthy way, and I feel like a much better person from... (laughs) I feel like a much... Like, I'm a better person. Like, he's made me a better person, so... Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think that's part of a means training program that he began back in the kitchen. (laughs) Put more salt on that chicken. I will say it probably took a lot of personal growth on my end to make it work as well. And that that was not easy. As as simple and funny as it sounds, right, to be... let feel less right all the time it really was something I struggled with it was like a mm. core part of me to always be right whether it was to impress my parents and being right and getting hundreds on tests or to impress my friends and be that guy that always had the answers whatever kind of like you said in my med school training too being told hey you have to be right about everything to now I'm an equal partner with this person I can't be overpowering I can't be uh, undermining their opinion. I have to understand that this human being is speaking to me and I love this person and, and I have to, you know, be okay with that moving forward. And yeah. So what is everyone's final thoughts um, as we talk about um, commitment and relationship? Um, Kevin, I'll, I'll start with you. Sure. Yeah. Um, I thought of this as Amin was talking that the better you get, the, the more you get to know each other, the more you get to know yourself and the more, you learn to solve problems, they probably stop feeling like problems and more like just situations. Mm-hmm. You know, the better you get at it, um, the the easier it gets, I guess, that it's not a problem, it's just life. Mm-hmm. I think it's just kind of like, I know we're going to talk about consent soon, uh, but just constantly just checking in and, and making sure you guys are on the same page even after you know, a tougher day and make sure, you know, and being honest with yourself, is this what I want? Because it's unfair, I think, to the other person if your answer starts changing and you don't vocalize it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so they're unaware uh, that maybe you've changed. And, and then, and we see that a lot with our clients. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I try to be very cognizant of that in my own life and, and just, 
you know, letting her know this is what's going on in my mind. This is what I'm stressed about. And that way they know what they're signing up for on the flip side. Mm-hmm. And Ben? I think my takeaway is I'm the best partner you've had. You're so sure of yourself. How do you even know that? Well, this is how <laughs> like, I know. Who told you that? So, Because I didn't tell you that. Partner number two, <laughs> um, who I knew, right? Incredibly handsome. What was he, like six foot four, six foot five? I can't. Oh, my goodness. And I'm like four foot nine or something. <laughs> uh, very successful. <laughs> so in order to compete with him, I had to be doing something, right? Like I, so was, you now I was attracted have... to him. I was trying to make up my mind which of the two of you I wanted to date. <laughs> you now made up in your mind. You have identified yourself as the best partner ever. Ever. For you. For me. And I would be absolute worst partner for 99.99% of the population <laughs> out there. But likewise, right? Like, True. I don't know if I'm like the easiest person to, to live with. You're not. We can, <laughs> we can clear that up. But, and I think that's what Chrissy and Amina are talking about. I think that's what Kevin's talking about. It's like a combination. And if you find the wrong person, and if you go through these stages with them, not wrong as in they're bad or anything. Or It's the personality. It's, like, it's it all those things. It has to yeah. click so that yeah. the two of you can work through this stuff together. And I think in my previous relationships, I look back at people, and they're awesome people. Um, there's so much about them that I like. But together mm-hmm. is not a great, is not as effective or helpful or healthy as you and I together. Like, I look... Being with you has been so easy in life. And you're an amazing person, but you're not necessarily better than other people, you know, in that way, right? You're just an amazing person, and the relationship with us works really well. Mm-hmm. It's probably not very romantic. Probably shouldn't go on a Valentine's Day card. but I probably should. This is why you and I work, right? Because you hear things like this, and you understand what I mean. And I think my takeaway from all this is that you have to put the work into a relationship. Like, you know, I often talk about this um, in my practice of... But you and I don't. No, but we do put the work in. It may not feel like work, but we're constantly communicating and we're constantly trying to go through conflict and we're just always but talking. I challenge that statement, though, because... Like- well, no, 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 let me say why. Because I feel like... And so with my clients, they'll like, you know, I put all this effort into my job and I put all this effort into friendships and family. But then when I talk about their relationships, they don't put any effort into it. Like, they're not thinking about maybe I shouldn't approach this person in this way. They just gonna blurt it all out. And so it does. That is for some people it is work. Like they to put the effort into being kind, to listening, to approaching someone mm. in a way that is healthy and that's respectful. And so you, we do put that work in because I know and you know that I can probably come at you in a way that is just gonna completely turn a, com- a, a healthy communication into an argument. I know when things are warming up because you start sentences with MFA, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think the point that I'm trying to make, which is important, is when you're in unhealthy relationships, you often stay because everyone tells you how much work relationships are. And I think the point I'm trying to highlight is if you go through these stages with the right person in the right way, it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel like work. Right. But I think so maybe I should say instead of putting work in like you, you do have to put the effort in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's effort. You just can't go into a relationship and just be like, well, everyone got the best of me and you're getting the bottom of my shoe. Like, so, I mean, sorry. Go ahead. Where can people join the drama on the gram right now? Oh, yeah. You can see the fiery <laughs> comment section on uh, on our last few posts at Three Trees Change on Instagram. Also, please go comment there if you think Amin should keep up his poor facts section. Amazing or, facts. Or if you have a, another suggestion. 
Where else can people find out more about Three Trees? You can uh, go to our website, threetreescenterforchange.com, and compliment how great my facts are. Uh, <laughs> it said there's a contact form, and I can reach out directly to thank you. YouTube? Three Tree Center for Change as well. And our Twitter's getting started, Three Tree Center for Change. Are you about change. to tweet, tweet? Yeah, about, about ready. It's all set well, up. What's the handle going to be? Three Trees Change. It didn't let me add the A. It's too many characters. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, thank oh, you, Kevin, thank you guys. Chrissy, Amin, Ben, uh, for uh, being here for this Absolutely. episode. Thank You're you. welcome. Right, Bye, care. everyone.